0: You may recall yesterday at this hour, we were talking about um, the deadly heat dome uh, from 2021, while over 600 uh, British Columbians died. Now, we're not the only jurisdiction that, of course, had to deal with the heat dome. Other provinces and especially um, U.S. states here on the West Coast also had to deal with the heat dome. Uh, Oregon and Washington state both learned from uh, that period as well. Both of them looked at it. They studied what occurred in the case of Oregon. They lost over 100 residents during that heat dome, but they brought in many policies to deal with um, other heat events. In the case of um, uh, Oregon, uh, they basically, uh, starting this year, uh, distributed over 3,000 air conditioners to low-income residents uh, in response to um, basically what happened two years ago, knowing full well they had to be prepared. Washington State also opened up a low-income energy assistance program uh, as well. It's, going, it's an ongoing issue, but here in British Columbia, we don't have such a program. Uh, at the municipal level that I know of, we have certainly talked about cooling stations, but we don't have any policy that allows low-income residents uh, to purchase uh, an air conditioner. Now, yesterday, Rowan Burge, uh, who's the Provincial Director of the BC Poverty Reduction Coalition, was on this show talking about uh, how do we help those with, on a low-income deal with the summer heat, uh, because a lot of these weather events are, uh, are, are prolonged. They're lasting a lot longer and also they're starting a lot earlier in the year as well. Take a listen to Rowan Birch.
1: You know, a lot of people are really worried and concerned for their health and safety. We work with a lot of folks that are fairly isolated and don't have access to some of the same resources that other folks might. So, you know, as you pointed out, you know, air conditioning is such an important mitigation tool, but not everybody can afford an air conditioning unit or a heat pump or the cost of energy that it takes to run those systems and so you know we really look to washington and oregon and what they've implemented in terms of advocating for free units for people who are on social assistance so Mm -hmm. we we we're really strongly recommending that the bc government take that up as well
0: that is rowan burge from the uh, bc poverty reduction coalition she uh, spoke to us uh, yesterday joining me now is daniel fontaine new westminster city councillor daniel thank you for joining us Thanks for having me on. Uh, your thoughts on this, whether at the provincial level, level or the municipal level, do you think governments need to get into uh, or introduce some sort of program where you know, those that are of low income receive some sort of help uh, to purchase a cooling system?
1: I do, and I, I actually read with great interest the coroner's report, which came out uh, a while ago. In fact, I think there was 14 recommendations, and one of them was to provide... Uh, individuals with low income with access to uh, air conditioning units so they don't have to go to cooling centers which are often very challenging for many uh, elderly uh, individuals or those who are have mobility challenges to make it to these cooling centers and I think it's something we should be looking at province-wide but if there's not the ability to do something province-wide then uh, clearly there needs to be other actions taken and that's why I'm looking at something that may be implemented uh, here in the city of New Westminster.
0: How would it work in New Westminster? I know it's early stages, but if, if, if uh, you were to look at a program in the perfect world, how would you like to address it?
1: Well, in New Westminster, we're a bit unique in many ways. But in this particular way, in the electrical utility, we have our own electrical utility. So we actually purchase uh, hydro from uh, BC Hydro. Then we run our own electrical utility here, which which offers us the opportunity to provide Uh, direct uh, reimbursements or rebates to our New Westminster Utility customers. So uh, what I'm looking at right now is the opportunity for the city of New Westminster through its utility to provide uh, some funding to lower income residents for that air conditioning unit that you heard about yesterday was so crucial, as well as perhaps to look at a bit of an offset in terms of the increased costs as a result of air conditioning usage. Part of the funding uh, that, uh, in fact, the funding source for that could be something that we have in New Westminster called the Climate Action Fund. It's actually a fund that is, I think, just under $30 million that's sitting in our bank account right now. And we could uh, use that fund, which was generated through carbon credits and also through a 3.5% tax or levy that we put on all electrical utility bills in the city of New Westminster. We generated close to thirty million dollars with that, and what I would, uh, what I'm looking at is, can we uh, reinvest a portion of that back to making sure that low-income people this summer can actually have access to an air conditioning unit?
0: So it would be means-tested.
1: It would be means-tested. Yeah, I would think that if we follow the provincial uh, guidelines around low income for both individual and for families, that uh, if you're living in the city of New Westminster, you. Uh, I mean, Jazz. I'm, I'm sure you read the reports from the coroner's office. New Westminster had the highest per capita death rate during the heat dome. We lost, I believe, 28 citizens that were identified through the coroner's office that we lost as a result of them basically just overheating and, and passing away. And we have within our city the ability to perhaps look at implementing our own program and knowing that we were so impacted by the heat dome and that have $30 million or so in our climate action fund, what I'm going to be asking council is to consider looking at reinvesting some of those funds back, making sure that people who are renting and low-income in our community can have access to an air conditioner as early as this summer.
0: Now, re- recently there was a, a Lower Mainland um, Local Governments Association uh, get-together. I think it was about two weeks ago. Um, and to my understanding, Port Moody uh, put forward a motion, uh, which was voted on. Uh, and generally, uh, I, I'm, to my understanding, is once you vote there, it goes to the UBCM. And then if, if it's mm-hmm. approved there, it goes to the provincial government to at least consider. Um, but in this case, the motion was voted Voted down, but I was told it was a close vote. And basically, what it would have done was to ask uh, or legislate to landlords that they have to provide. A cooling, a cooling system for a unit, for a rental unit, just like they are obligated to provide heating. Uh, it, what do you think of something like that? Do you think we should be heading in that direction as well, or do you think that that's too much of an onus to put on landlords and, and people, and this is the, the better way to go in regards to um, a subsidy for low-income residents when it comes to a cooling system? Oh, looks like we've lost uh, Daniel just for a moment. Uh, we'll hopefully get him back. But uh, the issue that I was uh, mentioning uh, was specifically to in regards to the Lower Mainland, um, uh, Lower Go- Lower Mainland Local Governments Association. The, the, the policy that was introduced basically stated landlords have to provide cooling just like they have to provide heating when they, when they rent out uh, their units. Um, and in, in this case, it was voted down. But it was a tight vote, and some have said it will come back again, and, uh, and uh, should uh, something like that be considered instead of you know, providing a subsidy for, uh, for uh, an air conditioner? I think we got Daniel back here. Daniel, the policy itself, would you support something like that, or do you think we need to be heading in the direction of providing a subsidy for those with low incomes to purchase their own air conditioner?
1: Well, I think, jazz. It's actually both. I think we should be looking at making sure that um, you know when we're looking at building and new buildings, and and if we can retrofit buildings, trying to make sure that there are those air conditioning units. But I did, I was attend, I did attend the Lower Mainland Local Government Association meeting where that vote took place, and these motions will take months. We were not. We're talking about the earliest um, this happening in the fall, and then perhaps another committee will review and. We're in the middle of a climate uh, action, a uh, climate crisis, and we need to move faster than that. So, what, what I'm recommending is that in addition to looking at provincial wide solutions through the Union of BC Municipalities, et cetera, that we look at controlling what we have control over. And in the city of New Westminster, as I said, we had the worst outcomes in terms of per capita deaths during the heat dome. And if we have the funds to be able to provide air conditioning units to lower income, renters and individuals within the city of new westminster i think it's incumbent upon us um, to move forward with that in the interim but the bigger solution is really um, in addition to landlords uh, investing and making sure that they put in air conditioning units that the province move uh, more quickly on the recommendations from the coroner's office to actually establish a province wide program uh, for that in fact i heard even today jazz that our schools aren't even provided with capital funding for air conditioning which i was quite surprised that i didn't know that so We've got our schools and and, and older rental buildings. A number of of, um, uh, buildings are just not equipped to deal with the heat, especially as early like this into May and into June.
0: You know, it it, it doesn't happen very often, or maybe it will in the future, but, you know, 31, 32 degrees, if you don't have at least some sort of cooling system in an older school, how do you learn, right? And, I mean, at what point do you just say, it's just too hot, I don't want to be, I can't pay attention?
1: Yeah, Jess, we, like, like I said, I just learned about this actually today that our schools are not provided with capital funding for air conditioning units and perhaps 10 or 20 years ago prior to us being aware of climate change and the fact that these are no longer just one-offs but they seem to be happening more regularly in terms of the heat and this year it's happening earlier than we would have expected. It is hard to learn when your classroom is 30 some plus degrees Celsius. <laughs> So we, we really need to, I mean, you look at the in the case of New Westminster, it, it literally is a brand new school. It was just built, um, I believe, a couple of years ago, it just opened up. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we don't have air conditioning in a brand new school with the understanding and, and the knowledge that, that, the, that we're facing climate change and that likely our students are going to struggle to learn when temperatures are in the, you know, 30 plus degrees and like could be as early as April, May, June, it's, we, we need to address that as soon as possible.
0: That, that is actually pretty amazing. I was just at New Westminster uh, Secondary School about six months ago, uh, taking my son to a basketball tournament there. Beautiful school, and I've been to the old one many, many times as well. Mm-hmm. And it is quite amazing that they didn't think of a cooling system for the new school. It's, uh, it's mind-boggling, but something to think about, that's for sure. Daniel, thank you for your time today.
1: Thanks so much for having me on.